It's time now for another edition of Roarman's Raging Softball Report. Everything Louisiana softball. Now, here's your host, loving Louisiana softball since 1981. It's the Roar Man. Welcome to podcast number three. I am the Roar Man. Thanks for tuning in. Well, I took Friday, September the 10th off from work and I went to watch the Raging Cajuns take batting practice at Yvette Girard Field at Lampson Park. I thought it was a good time to check out all the new players on the team and I learned a lot from being there. And in this podcast, I share my thoughts, observations, and I'll also share a couple of interesting stories I heard. So let's go. First, I want to let you know the Cajuns are getting together and doing drills both on the field and at the plate. I'm not really sure about how many hours a week they can get together, but when they do, members of the public are invited to attend. So if you get a chance, go check out the Cajuns. So practice was scheduled to begin at 2.15 on Friday. I got there about 10 minutes after 2 o'clock, and when I was walking from the parking lot to the park, I ran into Coach Lacey Prejean and she told me practice had been pushed back to 3.15, so I was an hour earlier. But I went in the park anyway, and I'm glad I did, because two pitchers were pitching in the bullpen, and there were three players on the field working out. The pitchers I got to see were Tyler Oob and Jessica Adams, who were both freshmen. Of course, the new pitching coach, Justin Robichaux, was with them, and he was charting every pitch. I only saw Oob throw a few pitches, so I can't really give a good opinion of her ability, so I won't. On the other hand, I watched Adams throw quite a few pitches, and as you may know, Jessica Adams is a right-handed pitcher, and she was ranked number 55 by Extra Inning Softball coming out of high school. In her high school career, she struck out more than 400 batters. So there was a display board that was set up so I could see the speed of her pitches. Most of them were in the 61 to 62 mile per hour range and occasionally she would hit 63 miles per hour and she topped out at 64. She would occasionally throw an off-speed pitch that clocked in at 52 miles per hour. I don't know if that pitch has been in her arsenal or if it's a pitch she is working on and developing. Uh, She did have a little difficulty throwing the uh, off-speed pitch for a strike, but you know what, that's kind of to be expected when a pitcher is learning a new pitch. Overall, I liked what I saw for the most part. Uh, She uh, had control, she was changing location. I didn't see any kinks in her pitching motion. So overall, a nice job. And one more thing, her twin sister, Jacqueline, was catching for her, and I think that's pretty cool. Now, while Uben Adams were in the bullpen, there were three players who took it upon themselves to work in the infield. Those three players were Melissa Mayhew, Rebecca Ladino, and Jordan Campbell. I'm sure everyone is familiar with Mayhew. Uh, Coach Glasgow calls her the hardest worker on the team, and she was working very hard on Friday. Ladino is the transfer from Florida Southwestern State College. Last year, she won a national championship with the team, so she has championship experience. She's from Brazil. Adam is the transfer from Texas A&M. 
The three were taking turns, throwing the ball against a trampoline-like setup that bounced the ball back to them. They did that for about 15 minutes, and keep in mind, all three of those players are infielders. Shortly after, Mayu headed out to shortstop, and coach Lacey Prejean hit balls to her for about 15 minutes or so. And you know, this past summer, Mayu was one of the stars of the Florida League. She was the most valuable player in the All-Star game. And with her hard work, I really look for her to be a vastly improved player uh, this year over what she was last year. Finally, 315 rolled around. It was time for the players to swing away and swing away they did. Now, keep in mind, they were being lobbed pitches from Coach Prezon and Coach Myers. They were not hitting off of the pitching machine. So they were not facing like 65 mile per hour fastballs or rise balls, drop balls, off-speed pitches or backdoor curves. They were just working on their swings. Now the field was set up so two players were hitting at a time. The first group was comprised of returning players and a couple of transfers. The group hit for about 45 minutes and it seemed each player got about six swings each time they were at the plate. So I'm going to give, in order, the players who excelled the most. In this group, there were three players who were probably equal in the number of home runs they hit, but there was one player whose home runs went further than the others, and that player is Taylor Roman. Now, keep in mind, Taylor is not fully recovered from the ACL injury she sustained in the seventh game of last season. She had a brace on her leg, but still, she managed to hit some incredibly long home runs, one after another after another. She hit home runs into the stands, over the stands, into the middle of the trees, and a couple of times she hit the ball over the trees in the left field. This is her third year in the program, and guess what? She is still a freshman and has four years of eligibility remaining. That is just fantastic. And look, I've said it before and I will say it again. If Taylor can stay healthy, I think she will one day be an All-American. So write that down. The Roar Man says that one day Taylor Roman is going to be an All-American. Next is Melissa. Uh, I think she hit just as many home runs as Taylor did. Maybe not all quite as far, but she too put some in the trees, and I was very, very impressed with her power. I have to think her time in the summer league down in Florida and her work ethic have really contributed to her increased power. Last year, she only hit four home runs. This year, with what I saw Friday, I can see her hitting home runs in the double digits. Next up is a nice surprise, and that is Texas A&M transfer Jordan Campbell. I really don't know a lot about her except, you know, she was on a team last year that is a Power 5 team in a Power 5 conference. So obviously she was highly regarded coming out of high school and for whatever reason it did not work out for her at Texas A&M and she's a Cajun now and that's a good, good thing. She can crush the ball. She too was hitting home run after home run after home run. I think all three of these ladies uh, hit maybe as many as 50% of the balls pitched to them over the fence. So three players with tremendous power in the first group. There's one other player in the group that I would like to talk about and that is Raina O'Neill. I was told that she is fully recovered from her broken arm um, 
which is good of course. She hit a number of home runs. She didn't hit as many as the other three did, but I will say this. Reyna has one of the most beautiful swings I have ever seen, and I just really can't wait to see her on the field again once the season gets underway. Next up were the freshmen, a couple of transfers, and Sophie Piscos. In this group, there were a couple of players who stood out, those being Piscos and Washington transfer Stormy Kudzelnik. Now, I'm not 100% correct in pronouncing her name. I'm not sure if I'm pronouncing it correctly. So I'm just going to refer to her as Stormy. I know how to pronounce that, Stormy. I think I got that right. So let me first start with Piscos. And I gotta tell you, this is one fired up young lady. As you know, she was expected to redshirt last year, but the redshirt was taken off of her about midway through the season, and she contributed nicely to the success of the team. I think this year, she is really going to explode on the softball scene. I was very surprised by the increase in her power as she hit home run after home run. She hit one into the trees, she got out of the cage, and she jumped up and down, she was so happy. Now look, last year, she only played in 28 games. Again, she started about halfway through the season, and she only hit three home runs, but this coming year, she'll be playing in many more games, and I expect her to hit double-digit home runs. It's going to be a lot of fun watching her play because she is just a fireball. Now, let me tell you about Stormy, and this is very interesting. Before any of the players in the second group, a group comprised mostly of freshmen, enter the batting cage, instead of Coach Glasgow giving them instruction on how to swing the bat, Stormy was showing them how to do it. Now each player had a piece of PVC pipe that's about six or seven feet in length and they were all swinging that instead of a bat. So Stormy would swing and the other players would mimic what she did. So you know, I was really kind of wondering why would Glasgow allow her to do that? And I found out the answer and it's a journey that I think you will find quite interesting. So listen up. Stormy committed to play for the University of Washington when she was 13 years old. She spent her freshman year there last year and she was redshirted. And for whatever reason, she decided Washington was not the place for her, so she transferred to Louisiana. So the question is, how does it happen that a player who grew up in Indiana and signed with Washington eventually ended up as a raging Cajun? Well, here's the story. Stormy grew up in Carmel, Indiana, and when she was 12 years old, she attended a softball camp just outside of Champaign, Illinois, at a facility the father of current Raging Cajun player, Frankie Izzard, owns. At that time, Coach Glasgow was in the process of going from being an assistant coach at Georgia to an assistant coach at Texas A&M, so Coach Glasgow and his daughter, Jerry Ann, were traveling the country giving hitting clinics. And there were the coaches at the camp at Frankie Izzard's dad's facility that Stormy attended. Uh, Stormy met Coach Glasgow and Jerry Ann there. After the clinic was over, Jerry and Jerry Ann stayed a few extra days working exclusively with Stormy and they developed her swing. So since the age of 12, Stormy has been using the swing taught to her 
by Coach Glasgow. So when Stormy decided to leave Washington, she chose to play for the coach who first taught her how to swing a softball bat and who helped turn her and who helped turn her into one of the, um, the most feared hitters as a high school and a travel ball player. Now, watching her swing, I could tell because, you know, she's been swinging the Glasgow way and because she had a year to be on one of the better power five teams in the country, she was further along than the true freshman. She's a left-handed hitter and she has a lot of power. She hit a number of home runs and she hit a couple over the scoreboard in right field. To say the least, I'm very happy it didn't work out for her at Washington. Washington's loss is definitely Louisiana's gain. I really think you can expect some big things from Stormy in the future. She has four years remaining as a Ragin' Cajun. Now in that story, I mentioned Frankie Izzard. You know, last year Frankie put in a lot of hard work. She was really starting to excel on the field and then she broke her leg. Uh, she's somewhat recovered from that, but she's not 100% recovered. And unfortunately, last week in batting practice, there was a freak accident and Frankie broke her arm. That's right, she broke her arm. She doesn't have a cast, instead her arm is bandaged up, so maybe she'll have a quick recovery. I did speak with her and I told her I was really sorry about her injuries. And I told her how impressed I was with the progress she had made on the field last year. And you know what she told me? She told me she was glad she was the one who got injured instead of one of her teammates. So all the other players should really be happy Frankie is their teammate. What she said, it just kind of really touched my heart. So I really wish her a very quick recovery and I hope to see her on the field next season. Another player with a lot of raw power is Elia Hebel. Her teammates call her L, so I will as well as L is much easier to say than her name. So from now on, she's, being to, she's going to be referred to as L. She hit a number of home runs. She seems to be a player with the potential of hitting the long ball. She hit a lot of home runs in high school, and hopefully that will translate to the college level. Now, I know there's a lot of players I did not mention. Some of them are just not power hitters at this point, and they will hit for average or maybe be a slapper. I have said in the past that I am very excited that Maddie Hayden is on the team. She hits from the left side of the plate, but she's a natural right-hander and she does play the field as a right-hander. She told me when she first started playing, she batted from the left side because she had a lot of speed and she was a slapper. She also told me that over the last couple of years, she has worked on becoming more of a power hitter and the plans are for her to develop into a power hitter as a raging Cajun. So, I've been to one practice, one in which the players were working on their swing, and what I saw was impressive. Now, keep in mind, they were hitting balls lobbed to them. I was told from a very reliable source that earlier in the week, they were hitting off of a pitching machine. One day, the pitching machine was throwing mostly fastballs, and the newcomers, the freshmen, were doing pretty well. Another day, the pitching machine was throwing rise balls, drop balls, off-speed pitches, and other pitches, and the newcomers were kind of struggling, which is to be expected. I mean, you know, that's why they practice. They're coming right out of high school. They're moving into the college ranks. They're going to see pitching like they have never seen before, 
and Glasgow is trying to get them ready for that. It's early, folks. It's only September. The season doesn't start until February. So what you've got, you've got September, October, November, December, January, five months to get these players to really improve. And from what I saw, there are some solid power hitters on this team, and there are others with great potential to be really, really good players. Anyway, it was a lot of fun. It was a nice way to spend three and a half hours, and I'm glad I'm able to share what I saw with you. Just a reminder, this is my third podcast focusing in on the Raging Cajun softball team. If you'd like to listen to my other two podcasts, they are available. The first one features the 17 new players on this year's team, and the second one features the 10 returning players, so check them out. Again, I'd like to thank you for tuning in. Be sure to subscribe and tell a friend. This is the Roar Man, and I'll see you at the ballpark. Go Cajuns!